1: You're listening to The Profile. Hi, welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing Christian leaders in the church and charity worlds and in the wider culture. It was John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence for God whether in the home, at church, in your workplace or elsewhere. The show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. According to a survey by the Prince's Trust, almost two-thirds of young people in the UK fear for their generation's future. Almost half aged 16 to 25 felt daily anxiety about the future, while 59% described their generation's outlook as frightening. And there's much, of course, to be fearful about. Climate crisis, international wars, which could affect the Western nations. And of course, we all have lived through a global pandemic. And so whereas a generation ago, ministry to youth might be to people who have high aspirations, it seems the current generation believe they're just happy to survive. Well, into this space comes a book by Dan Blythe and Rocky Enti, Facing Fear, 365 Daily Reflections for Hope, Peace and Courage. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dan on the show today. Dan is the Global Youth Director for Alpha International. He's been involved in youth work for 20 years, including serving at Hillsong London. So delighted he's able to join me on the show. So thanks, Dan, for uh, joining me.
0: Thank you, Andy. Such an honour.
1: So congratulations on the book uh, that you wrote with with Rocky. Of of all the topics to provide 365 daily readings, you chose fear. So uh, outline why.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it started, I guess, about 10 years ago um, when I was a youth leader. And it was Halloween weekend and a lot of young people were talking about fear, um, celebrating death and putting on masks as you do at Halloween. And we just thought, why don't we just do a night? Um, look at what the Bible says about fear. Take off the mask and really, I guess, celebrate life rather than death. And during that time, um, a lot of young people just started sharing their fears, and I think the Holy Spirit just did something really powerful that night. And I think the journey of opening up about fear started there.
1: Oh well, that's that's fascinating to to know. And obviously, we uh, as we recall this, Halloween's not so so far away. Um, um, I did see a post suggesting you've you've battled with fear. I, again, I, this may be a personal question, but are you able to to share anything of 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 what you battled through?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people write books uh, based on their skill sets, their successes. Um, yeah, my writing has been solely out of a place of weakness. I'm okay with that. I think if you give your weakness to God, He can make it a blessing Uh, and then not only is it a blessing to you a blessing to your friends and your family around you and so for me I think I've always had fear Um, it's looked different in different ways a lot of the time um, especially being a male um, we have fear but we don't tend to open up about we just sort of keep it hidden because we're meant to come across as bold and brave but as I started looking at the scripture you know there's lots of different people who had fear And what God was calling them to do was to face their fear and to trust God in the middle of it. And so, you know, I've always had fear. I still have fear today, Um, but I definitely fear less than I did in the future and definitely trust God more. And so, yeah, as God asked me to do different things, fears look different, but I've just made a decision that if God asked me to do something, I'm not going to let fear derail me from what he's asked me to do, but I've got to take that step of faith and trust him in
1: it. Fabulous. And that's, of course, you, you empathise very much with with young people, of course, at a stage in life where, uh, you know, stepping into maturity is always going to be hard work and, uh, and where kind of self-esteem levels are often very low, which has its own fear dimension.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think for young people, the more, uh, I guess, leaders that can open up and be vulnerable about their worries, their anxieties, uh, their fears, it kind of takes that heavy pressure off them and allows that space of just openness. And then the first thing with overcoming fear is just identifying it. And if we can just help people be okay with it, identify it, that's the first step to overcoming it.
1: So Dan, it's it's not a therapy book that you've uh, written, but you focus on various scriptures to shed light and help readers grow. We can't go through all... 365 of course but uh, any particular ones that um have uh, struck you or been of help to you
0: i mean the crazy thing is is i saw an instagram post which says 360 times the bible says do not fear and so when i read that i'm like oh i want to get through it so i started going through my whole bible looking at all the different scriptures about overcoming fear worry and anxiety um you know scriptures about peace and and courage and I think for me like I think therapy is is great uh, I'm a, I'm an advocate for therapy uh, but but before therapy I'd always say go to God and go to his word so it's not therapy and then a bit of God it's God and therapy and I think in his word um, what you'll find is that he's given us everything we need to overcome the fears that we face in our life so whether it's fear of fear, fear of rejection fear of ridicule fear of loneliness, and so for me, it was just encouraging just to see how much truth there already is in the Bible that maybe we just haven't really been getting into.
1: And you share the book, obviously, with Rocky NT. Um, how did you get to know each other? And it, you you do different uh, days, don't you, as you go through?
0: so We were both content to help people struggle with their mental health and I was doing a lot of stuff with young people you know in the subject of overcoming fear and so we started off we just did a 40-day devotional on you version, which um you know we heard back that it helped a few people so from that we decided to you know do a whole 365 day devotional and you know there's lots of great devotionals out and by no means do I think that this is the best devotional ever but I, I just do hope if there's anyone like us who's kind of struggled with fear that they're going to end the year after doing it you know with more courage and more hope.
1: Well obviously this is a, a leadership show Dan and we'll um unpack some of the Fear elements of, of leadership as we go, I'm sure. Um, you've been involved in leadership of uh, at least two ministries that have had a major impact on young people, Hillsong and Alpha. Um, what would you say about the differing approaches of each?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And it'd be to sort of talk about the things that they had in common. So, sort of both of them trying to create spaces, save spaces for you to belong. And then within that space, it's meeting them where they're at uh, and sharing the good gospel, the good news with them at a level that they can understand. And hopefully they want to sort of progress in their relationship with Jesus. But I guess in terms of differences, um, Alpha runs for lots of different denominations where Hillsong was one denomination. And so I was so grateful to be part of both of those organizations, learn a lot. There is no perfect organization, you know, as we know, but I think one of the exciting things that I love about Alpha is just the different denominations it runs through. And so I'm getting to learn about, you know, youth in a Catholic context and youth in a Baptist context and youth in a Pentecostal uh, context. And so I think, you know, one of the great things that I'm noticing now is Alpha is that all teenagers are different. All teenagers are unique. And so it's really just important that we empower those youth leaders and church leaders who are on the ground doing that that face to face work with young people, building trust, building relationship. Uh, and there is no like, this is the way that that's going to work for every teenager. It's It's really about just spending time with your young people, learning from them and then helping them to understand sort of the gospel at a level that
1: they're at. Well, that was going to be my next uh, question you each anticipated. Well done. Uh, you know, which is obviously loads of people are asking the question. So how do we stem the tide of of young people leaving the church or not being attracted to church? Obviously, Hillsong and Alpha are, are, are countering that very well with their different approaches. Um, and I was going to ask, look, are there some lessons you've picked up? You're You're saying, well, actually, it's all about relationship, are you?
0: Yeah, we've done a few studies. In fact, we just did one. It's called the Open Generation, where we listened to 25,000 teenagers across 26 different countries, all aged between 13 to 17. And it was called the Open Generation because one thing that we noticed from this generation, Generation Z, is that they are very open to listen and to learn from different cultures and contexts and so i guess the the challenge i always ask myself and church leaders is if they're the open generation are we the closed church and when i say closed i don't mean closed in like theology um cuz i think your theology is your theology i'm not saying you need to be you know open and but i just terms in like actual approach um open in conversation Uh, I I always encourage church leaders to think more about circles uh, than just rows and to think more about listening to young people rather than just speaking to young people. And if you think about our Sunday services, which is just an element of church, it's not the whole thing. It's just an expression of, of church. But on a Sunday service, you come in, you sit in a row and you listen to someone preach, which is brilliant. But for a young person, they've got 10 questions on the first question or the first point that you preached. And so, allowing them to have circles for conversation and questions uh, is a really important um, part of actually, like, helping them uh, have a sense of belonging. When you listen to a young person, they feel valued. And so, yeah, I think how do we keep creating those spaces to hear from young people and actually kind of move forward together?
1: And that, that's, of course, the way in which they will experience secular education, isn't it? In you know, increasingly, I mean, there are still lectures, but there's there's increasing seminar settings even in schools where there's an expectation that you're given taken so they come to church and it's a bit foreign to them
0: yeah yeah and a lot of churches do do sort of um, small groups uh, discipleship groups uh, which are which I would say, you know, were sometimes an extra, but now they're actually becoming the backbone of youth ministry. I think what COVID did, it caused a lot of youth ministries to realize that it has to be more than an event. It has to be close, personal, like Jesus walking with his disciples. And I think the, the churches, which are really seeing sort of youth groups and, and young people sort of move forward and grow spiritually, and even sometimes um, numerically, are the ones which are really putting a lot of effort into that personal trust-building relationship circle,
1: uh, Dan. You've been a, a youth leader for twenty years, which is terrific to know. So obviously, many people um, do it a few years and then they, in quotes, graduate to becoming a a pastor or an evangelist or whatever. You, you've stuck around uh, in this space, which is fantastic because it is you know such a a vital part of church life. But what what sustains you over the last couple of decades, Dan?
0: Yeah, I think for me, you know, my teenage years were quite messy. I had amazing parents who were very loving and I'm very grateful for them. But I knew about Jesus. I just didn't really know him personally. Um, But when I did encounter Jesus age 18 and I understood grace and I understood um, truth and I understood purpose and belonging and identity, um, I just my heart broke for teenagers around the world really that hadn't got to hear that message. And it was at that point, age 18, where I just, this, this is what I want the to, make, to help people to experience, you know, the grace of Jesus. Whether they want to or not, that's totally up to them. But I just wanted to play my part in hopefully encouraging people church leaders youth leaders not to give up on a generation uh, but to do everything they can just to listen and learn from them and to love them so yeah i i wake up every day excited for what i get to do i see it as the greatest privilege and honor that i get to play my part so hopefully just one extra young person might be able to you know experience what you know you and me have maybe experienced in our life
1: sure damn and and if i may say so it, it helps that you you don't look a day over 20 yourself now. So <laughs> that's all, maybe Thanks, that's Andy. all part of it.
0: It's just the lighting. I've got good lighting. <laughs>
1: that's, that's very generous. So um, so uh, obviously you're d- director of, of Youth Alpha. Um, there'll be listeners who bizarrely won't have heard of Youth Alpha. They may have heard of the Alpha course, I'm sure. But uh, just talk about a little bit about Youth Alpha and how that could be uh, plugged into uh, a local church's program.
0: Yeah, and Alpha is a tool that's been created to serve the local church, and there's lots of great tools out there. So I always say, if you find something which works better than Alpha, um, no one has to run Alpha, uh, the reason why I think Alpha is working in in some churches so so far three million young people have done Youth Alpha and I think the way we're looking with our new series coming out next year could be up to eight million young wow. people taking taking part in it um, and I think the good thing is is that it's that it's that circle it's that space um, for Christian young people to bring their non Christian friends. And I think at a time when, you know, the church isn't really known for listening or conversation or safe spaces, Alpha is working at a great tool to just create that space for non-Christians to sort of walk into, which maybe Sundays aren't, you know, designed for that. So if anyone, you know, is interested or wants to know more, uh, they can jump on youth.alpha.org or if you're on Instagram or TikTok, it's just Alpha, Y-T-H, Alpha Youth. And then you can get connected and DM and my team around the world would love to help people wherever they are
1: fabulous and um it's 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 ten, 10 weeks or so is it um with a a weekend or a saturday that's um that's where, where that's you've got right, the yeah. Holy spirit yes yeah
0: thanks Andy. you're actually telling people you know what it actually is which is your question <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> no it, it, it's a you know it was called the alpha course i mean it is is it a course Is it a a, a load of sessions? It does run for kind of 10 weeks. And within that, there's a space for you to kind of encounter the Holy Spirit for those that want to. And it's really called Alpha because Alpha means the first, the beginning. And it's the starting place where you get to go from the very, very beginning of the basics of Christianity. Like, who is Jesus? Why did he die? Why do we pray? Why read the Bible? So it's just meant to help people on whatever level you're at, non-Christian or new Christian, or even if you've been a Christian for a while.
1: And Dan, you've um, moved from a from a, if you like a local church base uh, in terms of your youth ministry to this kind of global uh, ministry. How have you found that transition? Uh, are you still able to connect with with people in the same sort of way that you were used to, or are you you're finding it comes uh, you're, you're, bit, you're spread a bit thin across many nations?
0: Yeah, um, luckily I get to work with uh, an amazing team of church leaders, youth leaders, um, alpha staff who are really looking to equip and empower sort of youth leaders on the ground. I think my main job is just to make sure um, like I never see myself as a professional, always as a beginner. Uh, I'm always trying to learn and absorb, um, never being someone who's an expert, who knows it all. And so for that, I just spend a lot of time listening to youth leaders and young people around the globe just to make sure what we create in terms of culture and content is actually going to be a blessing to church, blessing to young people, blessing to church leaders. And so for me, I think if I'm if I'm too removed from actual, you know, face to face time with teenagers, then I probably, you know, shouldn't really be in this job. So it has to come out of real relationships. And so it's actually the most fun part of my job is getting to go to different parts of the world or jumping on a zoom and just listening to young people talk about their struggles, talk about what we can do to help them. And then, you know, how we can really, you know, collaborate together.
1: You you use the word listening, uh, Dan, and that's, Perhaps listeners to up to this will be thinking, well, of course. But actually, I mean, on your LinkedIn profile, you've you've been through listening courses that really dig down. And again, I, I can't ask you to summarize the course you've been on. But but for you, listening is a vital part of your work, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And I think it's one of the the values of alpha, like when someone comes into an alpha space, it's not a Bible study where you're getting taught or preached at or teached at. it's a space where you're walking into. And then the person hosting the alpha course um, is just allowing the conversation to flow, you're not trying to correct people or tell people you're just allowing that safe conversation to go. And then Together, you're kind of on that journey on on exploration, and so listening is important for that. And unfortunately, a lot of people see listening as just waiting their turn to talk again and not really taking in what someone's saying. But if you don't listen to what people say, then you're not going to hear their heart and you're not going to have compassion and empathy for them, therefore, you won't be able to really understand what they're going for. And I think one of the standout things about Jesus in the gospel even though you read all the red letters of, of him speaking, what you miss is that he actually asked so many questions and he met people where they're at. And so I will definitely um, want to model that as much as we can, just that healthy space for listening.
1: And and when it comes to leadership, of course, Dan, this is a different kind of leadership because you know, classic leadership is you have a vision, you impart that vision, you get people to agree with you. Uh, this listening business is is much more flexible and means as a leader, you need to sometimes submit your agenda to the group or to individuals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So leadership has changed, obviously, from generation to generation. Uh, Back when you look at sort of uh, baby boomers or the silent generation, and so we're talking, you know, people in their 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, their leadership style was more control and command. And I'm not saying that as a negative. That's just be the facts. A lot of them learned their leadership style at war. And when you're at war, you haven't got time for feedback. Forms, or you know, to ask people how you're feeling, it's just like you need to go and do to save time and to save lives. So, there's different leadership styles from you know, controlling, and then it came more directing, and then it came more uh, coordinating. And then with millennials, which is my generation that I'm in, mean, you know, came more uh, guiding. And that even with Gen Z now, teenagers today, their leadership style is a lot more empowering, trying to give a voice to the voiceless. And so as leadership's evolved, um, young people are sort of like, really, there's an expectation that they'll be listening, that there's conversation, that you'll hear from both sides. And I don't think... Um, anyone should be fearful of that or worried about that but i think we should be really open to what it looks like to even relearn or or change our leadership models because the truth is that brands are doing this so like Uh, you know i won't go into the names of the brands but there's a lot of the big brands that you would know are changing their marketing style their structures their systems their models they will change everything to go after gen z who are 25 percent of the world's population the biggest generation on the planet today so they'll do all of that so they don't lose generation because they want to make profit off a generation and i always think you know as the Church, you know, how much more should we be listening to, um, you know, young people? Creating space for conversation, not to make profit off them, but just to love and and to lead them well. And so, I really think if we want to make sure we're doing all that we can to help the next generations step into all that God has for them, we do need to like reevaluate and relook at our leadership styles and see what it would look like to make one which is creating that healthy space for listening and conversation.
1: Fabulous, Dan. Um, So as we uh, conclude our conversation, just to remind uh, listeners that the the book that you and uh, Rocky NT wrote is uh, Facing Fear, 365 Daily Reflections for Hope, Peace and Courage. And of course, we're coming to the end of the year. So if, you know, if I was a marketing person, I'd be thinking, why don't you get a copy (laughs) ready for the uh, for the new year? I imagine that's what you're saying, eh?
0: Yeah, you know, it does start in January, but you can start at any time of the year. Like I've got a friend who just got one and it's, it's, he got it in October. So he started it from October. And so oh, okay. you, can, sure. you can you can, you can can just go around the, you know, whenever you pick it up. Okay. But yeah, the, the idea is, is that if you do get it for Christmas, you know, start 2024. And, you know, our heart and hope is just that it'll be a year that won't be free from fear, but it'll be a year where you take those small steps to overcoming fear. So you will feel like a completely different person by the end of the year. Absolutely.
1: And although it's got a, a, a kind of a focus on the younger people, uh, manifestly, this is for all ages, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, my, you know, my mum's my got one, my nan's got one um, and it's and it's helping them. I think it's really, you know, if you feel like you're not struggling with fear and worry and anxiety, then it's probably not the devotional for you. But if that's some part of your life, you are feeling like it's a bit of a struggle, then, yeah, I definitely you know hope that it gives you the courage that it's given us.
1: Well, wow, fabulous. And if the Bible thinks it needs to say 365 times, do not fear, then uh, this is going to be a theme that actually affects most of us. So, yeah, wonderful. Dan, it's been terrific to chat with you. Thank you so much for, for sharing and uh, all the all the best with both the book and uh, the new developments in uh, in Alpha International.
0: Thank you, Andy. It's been so nice having a conversation with you today.
1: It was good to chat with Dan Blythe, the Global Director of Youth for alpha international about his book facing fear 365 daily reflections for hope peace and courage it's written with rocky nt which is spelled capital n small t small i and if you're looking for a christmas present well there's a book for you to consider i will recall someone explaining fear in terms of the four letters of the word f-e-a-r f future e experience a appearing are real i don't believe it's wrong for us to plan or anticipate tough times ahead but if we do so with god in the equation seeing him ahead then we can have confidence in the way that he has helped people in the scriptures and since fear will hopefully lessen and maybe even disappear and as christians in leadership Working through fear is part of our role. People may not like our vision. People may not like our message. People may not like our assessment of them. And many leaders paralyzed by fear have effectively ceased leading because they're fearful that if they take a decision or take a direction, then they lose people. So may God help you to work through any fears you have as he looked to Christ, who worked fearlessly with his eye on his Father, as he did his Father's will. So thanks for tuning in. Look forward to you joining me once again next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.